Spirit of the Lord that is here, the evident flow of His Spirit that is at work. I want to be yielded to that. Amen? I want to be yielded to that. Um, you know, it's possible to... Said this way. You ever been around somebody and um, for whatever reason you keep them at arm's length? You know that statement, arm's length? You understand that? You don't cut them off. Maybe you, maybe you even enjoy being around them. But you only let them get so close. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When you do that, who's in control? Right. That's a control thing, you understand? It's a control thing. I'm maintaining control. I'm only letting you so close. I'm only letting you get in so much. I'm only allowing you certain places and areas. I'm guarding this area of my heart. I'm guarding this area. Of my, no, I'm even guarding this area. And I'm not saying that's, a, that's wrong necessarily, right? We should guard our conversation. We should guard our heart. You know what happens is... We, if we're not careful, we bring that into relationship with God. We bring it into relationship with God. The Spirit of the Lord begins to move. Brother Joey, why don't you come up here and join me? Because I'm going to call on you in a minute and I don't want to forget. So just come sit right up here so I don't forget to. And then we'll, we'll go into the Word after Brother Joey in a minute. But this is important for somebody. You realize you may be able to carry on a conversation with somebody else and guard certain places, and they never know, right? You have a good relationship, everything good. They don't even know, right? It's hidden from them. They appreciate the length or depth of the relationship that you have, and, and you've, you just got those boundaries in place, and nothing wrong with boundaries. We should have those. You and I do that with God. The difference is he knows. That's the difference. He knows when you're keeping him at arm's length. Like I, I may be able to fool Brother Martin in our relationship. He may be able to fool me in his relationship. And, and maybe even fool me is not the right choice of words. I, I may be able to limit. I can limit where I allow him. And, and maybe there's wisdom in that out of protection for him or protection. Maybe. I'm not saying necessarily. But it could very well be there could be areas where the Lord would use him to minister in my life. But because I'm going to guard myself, that's pride. Pride. I'm not going to let him talk to me in that area, so I'm just going to guard it. Well, we bring that into relationship with God. And Brother Martin and I, in our relationship, he may never know. But in my relationship with God... God knows. And so I can come and you can come and we can worship the Lord and we'll feel his presence and his spirit. And we enjoy that part of the relationship. God, I love to feel your presence. I love the peace I feel when I'm in your house. I, 
I love how it feels to be with people of God. I, I love it when we're worshiping and, and I, you touch my life and maybe tears stream down my face or joy. But, Lord, don't ask me to fully open my spirit to you and let you reach in here and start shining the light of your word and working. I'm, I'm only going to let you so far in this relationship, God. I'm only going to. And we guard our hearts in a negative way in relationship to God. And the spirit of the Lord keeps coming. He keeps reaching. And you, you know why we're guarding our heart from him, don't you? Pride and control. Pride and control. I want to stay in control of my life. I don't want God to be in control of my life. And to open myself up to him and submit to him in these areas is acknowledging my need of him in an area that I should be strong enough and I should, I want people to think or I want God to think. I've already got it. I'm, I'll figure it out on my own, God. I'll get there on my own, God. Doesn't that sound foolish just even saying that? Why would I not just open up and run to him and say, I can't do this? I've tried and tried and tried and tried. And that's how, see, that's how stubborn and foolish pride is. I'm sorry, I'm not pointing at Brother Joey. I'm just, he, I just, I just did, didn't want us to forget he was back here. I didn't want to forget he was back. But that's, that's what pride will just keep trying and trying, trying to look like, act like, be like, and never submit it to God and be humble and broken before God and lay myself out before God and truly let God keep until he is, has a complete work. Pride says, no, I'll figure it out somewhere along the way, somewhere. And what we do is we just keep going through this vicious cycle. I don't want to, I want to relinquish all control to him. I really do. I, I really do. And I, I'm not saying I've got that figured out. He has to work with me daily. I want to relinquish full and complete control in every area of my life, of my thoughts, every aspect of my being. I want all of it released and relinquished fully to him. Fully. That's not hyperbole. That's reality. That is my desire and my pursuit. That every thought, every action, every interaction on my job, with you, with my family, with people I meet on a walk. I, I, I just want it all released to him. I want him in full and complete control of all of it. My calendar, my schedule, my finances, my home. And it's not really even mine. It's all. I, I just want him to have control of it all. Now you may say, oh, he does. <laughs> I know what we mean when we say, oh, God's in control. But the thing about God is he won't take control of what we hold on to to control. He won't. He'll wait. And so I feel the spirit of the Lord in a great way this morning. Sorry, I didn't plan on all that, but I just I feel the Lord reaching to us and and working here. And I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Amen. That was like, I don't know, mini sermon or something. I don't know. It was for somebody. Brother Joey, come. You got fun things to share. I do. I do. I have some fun things. Well, um, VBS, I, I was thinking about it, and the word kept coming. VBS is back. Very excited about that. Yes. Um, last year, I 
don't even know. Like nothing, nothing happened, right? And our kids missed it. And I know uh, we really missed that rich ministry in that time. I do want to say, as I know I shared it on WhatsApp, I shared the, the time uh, in July, the last week, last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of July. We have times coming out and, and all of that, and I know it's easy to kind of check out at that, like, eh, I don't even have kids yet, or my kids are grown, and I don't have to worry about that. It doesn't apply to me. I want you to be prayerful. I want all of us to be prayerful. Um, I, I was telling my wife this in school, so I work with kindergartners, and it's funny because there's like a dynamic of working with littles and then working with older kiddos, and people will say like, man, I don't even know how you do it. I don't know how you work with five- and six-year-olds all day, right? Probably some of you are like, oh, I'm not here. Um, <laughs> but even the same, same thing is I'll think about, like, fifth grade, and I'll be like, I don't even know how you do it, all that, that attitude. And they're like, I'm looking up at them. And just, like, <laughs> it's hard, right? And, and so I, I've, I've been there. I know that. And I feel like sometimes we just, like, we discredit that. Um, but everybody has a part in ministry with our kiddos. Uh, I mean, the littlest things. I mean, I can still recall a time my janitor, when I was a little kid, I used to run up to him every day because he used to find the marbles that all the kids would leave around the school. And I'd be like, how's it going, Glenn? How's it going? He's like, "Uh," and he would talk to me, but he knew what I wanted, right? So he'd give me a marble, and it made an impact, right? And so I think to myself, like, you might say that. You might have a thought of, I could never do that. I could never. You could do something. You don't have to be the face. You don't have to be up here and being goofy and silly, like most likely I will be. Um, you can be in the background. Uh, I, you know, I think of a couple years ago, we, we did the uh, tabernacle here, and I think of uh, my brother Juan, who was like amazing in building that altar on there that I would have been using. Like we had, we were thinking of uh, the gift wrapping paper towel roll things and the uh, like duct tape, and, and he's like, no, I got it. And I'm like, my goodness, that's a lot <laughs> I'm very grateful my brother has this skill. He, he contributed to the body of Christ. He made an experience. Um, and so be prayerful. Be prayerful on that. Pray, obviously, for that coming up, but see how you could help. And so we'll have more information coming up out in the back, and, and just look for that. Um, but just pray. Pray about that. So thank you. If, if you didn't catch that, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Last one of July, 26th, 27th, 28th, I think are those dates. And that was, that was Brother Joey Charles' appeal for help. Okay? If you say, hey, I'd love to be involved somehow. Now, now don't come to him and say, this is what I want to do. Come to the, he and Sister Stephanie and say, hey, what would you like me to do? How could I be of help and service here? And they may ask you, what are you comfortable with? What type of things can you do? What would, they may have some ideas. But come to them if you'd like to help. It's, it's just three nights, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I think it's starting at 430. And there will be some prep ahead of time, right? Getting things ready. Uh, he referenced a couple years ago the tabernacle. Man, they had the tent. They had furniture in here. They, there was a lot of prep getting ready for that. And they did a phenomenal job. And I our kids benefit from that, and it's so important. So if you'd like to participate, like to help, like to support them and join together with them for Vacation Bible School, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 26th through 28th of July, please connect with them. And uh, you got plenty of time to look at your calendar. And uh, many hands make light work. Amen.
Sometimes they just need shep, uh, uh, shepherds. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. We're going to dismiss teachers to the class this morning. And uh, I pray the Spirit of the Lord minister in our classrooms today. Praise God. Praise God. If you would get your Bible and go with me to the book of John, chapter number 11. John, chapter 11. This is one of those mornings where the Lord just here at the last minute shifted gears on me, so we'll see what happens. We should probably all be thankful. The Lord has continued dealing with me about judgment and correction. And I thought we were going to continue walking through some things in the word. I will say this, you know, judgment and correction are two different things. We live in a day and a time when people say, don't judge me. And sometimes I want to say, look, I'm not judging you. I'm trying to correct you in a kind and loving way. Judgment and correction are not the same thing. I'm correcting you because I love you. There's a difference between judgment and correction. Correction comes before judgment. And so, but we're not going to go there today. I thought we were, but we're not. And so, um, John chapter 11. Did I dismiss the kids? No. Whew. They would let me know in about a second. Kids, 4 to 11, you're dismissed. Class. I'd be with our kids today. Amen. I pray that you all are having and have a safe Memorial Day of what remains of this weekend. Um, I'd encourage you to pause for a moment. If you have kids, it's a good time to remind them of why we celebrate Memorial Day. It's not just a day out of school or an extra day off of work for some, but to remember the why. I guess being a kid that grew up in the military for 21 years, um, I always feel like I have to pause for a little bit and be thankful. You know, the simple fact that we are here this morning that we can lift our hands in worship, that we can sing, is because men and women gave their life fighting for these freedoms. The freedom to assemble, the freedom of religious expression. Um, and so on Memorial Day, it's a day to honor those who have fallen fighting for the freedoms that we enjoy. And so uh, look it up. You got Google now, so it's not not as difficult. And, but uh, I think it's important to memorialize those who fought for the things that we hold dear. Amen. John chapter eleven. And I want to. Um, Go to verse number. Nineteen, we'll start there. 
This will be a familiar story to us, so please don't disconnect for those that find it familiar. I feel like the Lord wants to speak something specifically to us from this place in history. John chapter number 11 and verse number 19. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Their brother is Lazarus. Lazarus has died. So they're coming to comfort them because of the passing of their brother. Verse 20. Now, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Got this picture? Now, Jesus was a friend of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus had spent time in their house. And if we would have taken the time to read the 18 verses prior here in John 11, we would find that Jesus got word that Lazarus was sick. But rather than go to their house, he was going the other direction. And then finally he knew that Lazarus had passed and the disciples said something and he said, well, he's sleeping. And they said, well, isn't that good, Lord, since he's sick? And finally, Jesus, knowing they didn't understand, spoke plainly and said, he's dead. And so the disciples said, in their words, let us go and die with him. They were, they were wanting to go and comfort, and Jesus told them, I'm glad for your sakes I wasn't there. What? Yeah, he said, I'm glad for your sakes I wasn't there. To the intent, I'm going to cause you to believe. There's some things you haven't seen and you can't believe yet. But I'm glad I wasn't there to the intent that you'll believe. Nevertheless, let's go, he said. So anyway... So that's, that's where we're at. And so people are there comforting Mary and Martha. They heard Jesus is coming. Martha goes out to meet him. Mary stays in the house. Two different sisters, two different trains of thought. Waiting. Verse 21. Watch the first. What a greeting. Then said Martha to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. There's a powerful element in this scripture right here. Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. In this walk with God, in this journey of living in relationship with God, there will be things along the journey that we have faith for and pray for and then the result doesn't go the way we prayed and had faith for. Those, when that happens, the adversary will seek to rob us of our faith. You prayed for this to happen. This didn't happen. Now, see, the adversary won't cause you to deny the Lord. You won't stop believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. You won't stop having a relationship. But the adversary wants to rob your faith of what he can do. 
Does that make sense? Wants to well, if Jesus would have, then this wouldn't have happened. But now that it's happened, what happens to your faith? Is your faith shifting now to circumstances or does mine and your faith remain in him that he is still well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think according to his power that works within us? That's his word. And so you and I must know as we grow in the grace and the knowledge and the fullness and the stature of the Lord that there will be things that don't always go the way we pray. It means it's because God knows the end from the beginning. He sees further than we do. And when we continue to place our trust and our confidence in Him, our hope in Him, even if something doesn't go the direction, is the adversary going to get my faith? Or is my faith in such a place and manner that says, I don't understand. I wouldn't have chosen this. I wish it would have been different. But God is still God. He cannot fail. What He does is right. What He does is just. He's God and my faith doesn't change because circumstances did or didn't. Where is your faith? And so she expressed this, if you'd been here, in the past, Lord, you could have done something. But now that circumstances have changed, Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Lord, if you would have been here. If God would have showed up earlier. I have a question for you. Is he omnipotent? All powerful? Yeah. Is he omniscient? All knowing? Yeah. Is he omnipresent everywhere at all times? So was he there? Was he there? Did he know? Did he have the power, though he wasn't physically there in the body of the man Christ Jesus? So his power, his presence, and his knowledge was all there. You believe that? You believe it for your situation? His presence, his power, his knowledge, even in the past. See, you and I think in terms of past, present, future. God does not. God does not. There's a reason when Moses said, who do I say sent me to Pharaoh? The Lord said to him, tell him I am has sent you. He didn't say tell him I'm coming sent you. He didn't say tell him I will be sent you. He didn't say tell him I was sent you. He said I am. That is the ever-present God. We, we hear the term omnipresent, and we think that means He's everywhere at once, which is true. But our human finite mind can't comprehend. We need a work of the Spirit to give us an understanding and faith. Why? Because omnipresent doesn't just mean He's here in Selah and down in Union Gap and in Puyallup. That's, not, just, that's all, not, not all it means. It does mean that. But omnipresent means He's in your past. Omnipresent means He's present in your future. That means anywhere you've been, He's there. That means anywhere you're going, He's there. That means where you are, He's here. He is omnipresent. 
God is always present. How is it that God can go back and heal your past? Because He's there. He's omnipresent. He can fix that which looks like it's broken. Not to Him it's not because He's there. You want to go back and live it, but you can't. But you and I can put it in the hands of God. And by His blood and by His spirit and by His word and by His love, He can reach into your past. He can reach into my past. It's not a past to Him. It's a present for Him. He is the I am God. That's why when the adversary wants to bring up your past. When the adversary wants to bring up your past. You understand the adversary can't be everywhere at one time. Okay, let's just settle this. If somebody asks you who or what is the opposite of God, what's the answer? Nothing. Quit making the devil God's opposite. That's the dumbest thing that we could ever do. I, I'm not saying you're dumb. Don't do that. Sorry, that came out before I realized what I said. Don't do that. Don't do that. He is a fallen angel. All right? I think it was Ezekiel that said, Ezekiel or Jeremiah said, when we look on him, we're going to say, is this the one? So, so stop making him equal with God. He's not even... He didn't... He didn't not... There's no words. And so when the adversary tries to bring up your past, he's just trying to bring up, he's proving, I can only operate in the realm where you are. I mean, I operate in the spiritual realm, but I can't go back to your past, but I can bring it up to you. When the adversary brings up your past, it's a really good time to remind him, God is there and he's dealt with my past. God, you want to bring that up? You deal with God. It's between you and Him. Because He's already cleansed me of it, washed me of it. If you've been washed in the blood, if you've been repentant before God. So we need an understanding of the omnipresence of God. A revelation of the omnipresence of God. I'm off track. We've got to get back here. So that's in that verse. So Martha was stuck in her... She was viewing the past when, when He had died. She, there should... Man, there's something turning in my spirit right now. For Martha, stop looking back there. He's in front of you right now. Jesus is here with you, Martha. Notice what she said. If you would have been here. Martha, he's here. Shouldn't that boost her faith? See, when we let our mind remain in what didn't happen or what did happen that we wish wouldn't have, it keeps us from recognizing when God is present with us and we put our faith in circumstances which will always fail us versus putting our faith in the ever-present God. The Lord Jesus Christ was standing there with her and she could only tell him, about what could have been if he would have been there. And she was missing the fact he was. God help us. All right, so let's get where I think we're going here. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Verse 22. Aren't you thankful the scripture is full of human people? I mean, like you and I, that it's not full of like 
supernatural people. I mean, it's full of supernatural, but they're not people. Right? People filled with the supernatural gift of the Spirit of God. But human beings like you and I, aren't you thankful for that? I mean, if, I mean think about it. If, if David, that Brother Lewis read to us, talked to us about, if David wasn't a human being, that would sort of take all the fun out of us. Like, man, I can't measure up. It's full of human beings. Martha's human like you and I, so don't beat yourself up, but let's learn from her, okay? Now watch what she's... Have, have you ever done or said something and you were disappointed? All right, you're, you're disappointed, right? Because circumstances didn't go the way you thought. Circumstances didn't work out the way you hoped. Uh, maybe God didn't perform like you wanted Him to perform. And whatever. And, and so you're expressing that to God. You're, you're sharing your... Um, Disappointment, maybe, with God. You're talking to Him about those things. But then you find yourself going, oh, but, 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 but I want to express my faith to Him. You ever done that? Or you're trying to talk to Him about both sides so you don't, you don't want to appear like you don't have any faith anymore. So once you're done telling Him how, how pitiful this was and how terrible this was, then you're like, but God, I trust you. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Don't look at me like, no, not me. Uh, no, me and God, we're like this. Come on, we're human, aren't we? We're human. We're like, oh, God, I don't know why, but you do it. But, Lord, I trust you anyway. You ever do that? Okay, good. Not just me. All right. We're human. Look, this, it's so funny, right? This is what Martha just did. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother hadn't, wouldn't have died. But I know. She, she's doing, she's human. We read the King James and we think it was just... No, she's, she's, she's expressing to the Lord Jesus her humanity. I, I had faith, but then this happened. And because this happened, I just don't know now. And You know, if you would have been here, it wouldn't have happened. But now it has. And Oh, does that sound like I don't believe it? But I know if you would have... Right? We sort of get a... Does that make sense? That's what she's doing. But I know that even now... Right? She's trying to... And sometimes we talk to ourselves and talk to God trying to get our faith built back up. And even now, whatever you ask of God, God will give it you. Now, I love Jesus' response. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Man, let's latch on to that, right? All right, God, win. That's not what she said, is it? Watch verse 24. Martha said to him, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Hope had left her, hadn't it? She's human. She's human. We can learn from her story. She wasn't giving up hope completely. But her heart and her mind was so wrapped up in present circumstances that even with Jesus standing there and even when Jesus said, your brother shall rise again, she could no longer have hope for her existing circumstance. You see that? She didn't, like, give up hope completely. She just moved her hope from the present to the future. Does that make sense what I'm... I feel the Holy Ghost today trying to reach into somebody's spirit and say, 
God can do whatever he chooses to do. And when he does it, it's always the right time. And he does it with purpose. He does it with an intent. He has a design that's bigger than just the situation. He'll use the situation for his purpose, his glory. If it's to cause people to believe, then he'll do it. If he wants to reach greater measure, then he'll do it. But my faith has got to remain in God in the present. In the present. As human beings, we so often live in the past or the future. We really do. We should learn to live in the present. Be present. You ever heard that? How many of you ever struggle being present? A few of us. Mostly men. What's up with that? Men are honest. No, I'm kidding. That was No. That was a joke. No, really, how many of you struggle sometimes to be present? Yeah, right. And it's harder now because we're distracted. My wife had to scold me a few weeks ago because I wasn't present when she was talking to me. Is that funny? I'm dead serious. I needed it. I needed the reminder. Did I tell her, well, you know what, you, this. No, I didn't. Those thoughts came into my mind. I'm human. You know what I did? I acknowledged, you know what, she's right. She wasn't judging me. She was correcting me. And I acknowledge, you know what, you're right. I apologize. I want to be present. We, we need to learn to be present with God. Right? You've heard me say this before, but I, it just keeps turning in my spirit. We need to, this needs to be something we practice, and you're probably going to hear it again. I'm going to tell you, God, help us to become more and more God conscious. The fact that God is here right now, I want to be conscious of that fact. I want to be aware of that fact, no matter where I go. He's always there. We've already all acknowledged that. We're just not always aware that he's there. We get distracted, and so we're not aware. I want to be aware. I want to be present when God is present. I want to be sensitive to what God's doing. So we need to be present. But the adversary wants you to live in the past or to live in the future. He wants to hammer you with guilt or condemnation over your past. Or he wants you to get your attention on what might happen, could happen, should happen, what you need to focus in the future, so that you will not live and operate under the anointing and spirit and power of God in the present. I think it was Jesus that said, take no thought for tomorrow. Didn't he say that? He did say that. Was he serious though? I mean, really. I mean, did Jesus really mean that? Or was, I mean, you know... He didn't live in 2021, so it was probably different for him. He didn't have retirement to worry about. He already knew what his retirement plan was. I mean, he didn't have to worry about keeping a roof over his head. I mean, like, he knew he was taken care of. Hmm. 
Are you, are you feeling that? Are you hearing yourself? Are you hearing the Lord? See how the adversary works? The adversary draws us into this world system so that we'll worry about the future. We'll hang on to the past versus letting our trust. I'm not talking about, well, I'm just going to sit back and let God be God. I'm going to be lazy and do nothing and shirk responsibility and shun my responsibility. No, 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 no. You understand me well enough that I'm not saying that. But I need the Lord leading and guiding every one of my steps. We can't live in the past or in the future. We need to live in the present. He is a God of the present. He is the I am God. The I am God. He did not design you to live in the past. Matter of fact, he says, what shall separate us from the love of God? Neither height nor depth. And he names all these things that can't. He says, neither things present nor things to come can separate us from the love of God. Things present or things to come. It's interesting about that. He doesn't say things past. Because if there's anything that would cause you to doubt or question or separate you from the love of God, it's things in your past if you live there. Martha, look who's in front of you right now. Don't let the circumstance dictate to you. Don't let the circumstance dictate to you. Set your eyes on Jesus. Put your confidence back in him who cannot fail. So we've got to hurry so we can finish. I heard somebody say that. All right. Verse 25. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection, the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe you this. She said to him, Yea, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And she goes through her stuff. Skip down for sake of time. Verse 32, Mary comes. When Mary was come where Jesus was, saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord. <laughs> What'd she say? What'd she say? The same thing. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, all right? Just, just walk with me. I'm going to take a chance that Mary and Martha had been talking. You think? And what did they say? The same thing. Why did they say the same thing? Oh, because they're independent thinkers and they just... Look, we know from places in Scripture they thought differently. At one place, Jesus was at their house, and Mary's in the kitchen making a meal. Mar or Martha's in the kitchen making a meal. Mary's waiting at Jesus' feet, just enjoying the fellowship of the relationship. Martha's in there complaining, Jesus, don't you care? And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're cumbered. You're weighted down with all this serving that you're doing. And Mary's chosen the good part. So we know from that place in Scripture, Martha and Mary are different people. Different ways of thinking, different relationship with God, yes? Not one better than the other, just different, different place in their depth and walk with relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't think the same. But we read here in Luke, or John 11, they said exactly the same thing. Why? Because they were hurting. They were going through a tough time. They just lost their brother. And so they were consoling each other. And they started talking. And guess what? They both started thinking the same thing. You know, I think Mary, or, sorry, 
Martin. Today it's going to be Joel and Martin instead of Martha and Mary. You know, Martin, I think, I, you know, I know it's really a tough situation that we're going through. But if Jesus would have been here, I know it would be different. And maybe Martin says, well, you know, I, it's not over yet. Jesus is still, he's still God. Let's have faith. He'll, he'll come. Day two. Man, you know, it's just so hard with Lazarus being gone. You know, Martin, I'm telling you, if Jesus would have been here, it'd be different. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah. By day three, I've got Martin worn down. You know, finally, Martin's just saying the same thing I'm saying. You with me? Man, we are not going where I thought we were going this morning at all. Yep, we're going to say this. Hear me. Beware of the company you keep. And now, I may keep saying that. Somewhere along the way, Martin's going to have to say, hold on a minute. I'm not aligning with that way of thinking. He is God. I don't know why this happened. I don't understand why this happened. I wish it wouldn't have happened, but it has. And But let's just wait till Jesus gets here and let's see what he has to say about it. But the problem was, Mary was grieving too, wasn't she? Listen to me, please hear. I, I feel such a... A clarity of the Lord trying to help us, whether for now where somebody is right now or for whatever sits ahead of us. I, I don't know. But we need to understand this principle of faith and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be those that will come that they mean well. You understand? They mean well in their human compassion. Not the compassion of the Lord. Human compassion. And they'll begin to console and say things. And if I'm not careful because I'm hurting or grieving or going through something, I'll begin to accept what they say, even though they mean well, but it doesn't align with the Word of God, and it robs me of faith. I need to learn to speak faith. I don't understand it. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what's going on. I can't explain it. I wish it was different. I don't know why it hasn't changed. But God has not changed. God has not. And until I understand it, I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to let Him give me understanding when He chooses. I'm going to let Him reveal it to me. I'm believing that He hears me when I pray. And I have a confidence that He has a purpose in this. Even if I don't understand, He has a purpose. I would this morning that someone again would lay hold on a God that cannot fail. That your faith would be quickened by the Word of God today that says, I don't know why this circumstance is this way. I don't know why this hasn't changed yet. I don't know why the prayer hasn't brought the desired result yet. But God is still God. He knows what He's doing. He knows what's going on. He's aware and my trust and faith will remain in Him. It'll remain in Him. He knows what He's doing. His timing is Perfect. You know, really, Mary and Martha were questioning the timing of God. Well, if that isn't human, I don't know what is. They were questioning the timing. 
of God. Stand with me. We're not even getting to the verse I thought we were going to. So Maybe that's for the second service. I don't know. We'll see what the Lord has in store. There are some of you here this morning, and I am not, I, I, I'm not honed in on any situation in my spirit, but I feel like the Holy Ghost is. I really do. I feel like the Holy Ghost is zeroed in on some situations. And so if God is dealing with you, please don't just, like we started at the outset, don't just push him away. Be willing to receive the word of the Lord. Say, okay, God is, God's trying to help me. God's trying to give me, God's trying to, he's reaching back to our faith. I don't know the circumstance. I don't know why. I, we, we paused early in worship and we prayed for Sean. I talked to Sean. I said, Sean, I don't know why it's not happening in a moment. I, don't, I, I believe it's going to happen. I believe God, is, God has a purpose in this. God's doing something through this. God's reaching people through this. God's, and, and him, this young man, not even yet filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, has enough faith to say, I believe God has a purpose too. I don't understand, but God's got a purpose through this. I said, Sean, I think God's going to use this to reach many people. He said, God's already told me He's going to use this to reach many people. What you're telling me, I shared some things with him, and he begins to weep, and he says, God showed me a vision. And what you're telling me, the vision I had, just God is doing. And so he has faith that even though He's still battling cancer and pain and going through this. A 30-something-year-old young man, 37 years old, he doesn't know why. And I don't know why. Yes, I want to walk in and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I've prayed for him. And I have faith every time I pray for him. And we're seeing things happen. I don't know why, but God knows why. I'm not questioning God. My faith remains. I don't know the timing of God, but I have faith in His timing. Does doubt come? Absolutely. What do I do when it comes? I get back alone with Jesus and I reaffirm, you know exactly what you're doing. My prayer is not falling on deaf ears. Your stripes have not lost their power to heal. Your name has not lost any authority. Cancer has not become greater than you in any way. And I'm speaking faith again. Not faith in the circumstance. Faith in a God that cannot fail. Faith in a God that knows the end from the beginning. Faith in a God that has a plan and a purpose. Faith in a God that is able... I would this morning, someone would lay hold on faith again. Not in your circumstance, not in your ability, but in the ability of the Almighty God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You say, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I, I don't want to get my hopes built up again. I, I remember I, the last time I was in Pullman there talking with Sean sitting in the house. I was getting ready to leave and I, I just felt a check. We had spent about an hour and a half together. I felt a small. I said, hey, I want to say one more thing. He goes, yeah. Or he nods. because I said, if you feel or recognize any change in your body, I don't care how small. If it's a recognizable change, something being different to you, please let me know. We're going to lay hold on faith and trust. 
He stops me, grabs his phone, because that's how he communicates. He was texting me. He grabs his phone. He said, today, when I woke up, he said, I could tell my tongue had shifted and that it was smaller. He said, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to have false hope. Why do I share that? Because there's some of you here, when you hear these things from the word of the Lord today. I can feel your heart and your spirit right now. And you're saying, I want to believe what I'm hearing. But I don't want to get false hope. I want to believe what I'm hearing, but I don't want to get my hopes up. I'm not talking about getting your hopes up. I'm talking about just going, God, you know my weakness and my frame. And so I'm just putting my faith back in you. I may not understand, but I'm putting, I refuse to let my faith be stolen by the adversary. I refuse to let the adversary consume my mind and steal faith from me. God, I'm expressing And sometimes I have to say it a hundred times. God, my faith is still in you. 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 I stare at this circumstance every day, but my faith is still in you. I stare at the situation day in and day out, but my faith is still in you. I don't know why it's not changing yet, but I'm going to pray again. I'm going to pray again. I'm going to express my faith again. I'm going to express my confidence in you and your name again. Would you pray with me one more time? And would you allow the Spirit of God to put into my spirit and yours a fresh faith. A fresh faith. A fresh faith. Come on, I feel Jesus here this morning. I recognize Jesus here today. I don't know about what happened yesterday, but Jesus is here right now. What would you say to Him? What would you ask of Him? What would you express to Him? Can I encourage you this morning to ask Him again? Can I encourage you this morning? Come on, some of you are going, well, maybe I didn't say it the right way. Maybe I need to pray it perfectly. No, just ask Him. Just express your heart to Him. He's present to hear and to heal. And His way and His time is perfect. Would you, with me today, affirm again a confidence in Him. Affirm again a confidence in His name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray according to Your Word and by Your Spirit this morning. In every life in this room, you know the circumstances of homes, of families, of jobs, of finances, of individuals, each and every one you're aware. Lord, you are ever present to heal, to deliver, to save, to transform. You are ever present, Lord, to do the work. I pray in each life, in each home, the will and the work of the Spirit of God. I pray a quickening of faith by the Word of God this morning. Faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of the Lord. I take authority over doubt. I bind it in Jesus' name. I lose faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I lose faith in your stripes for which you already paid for healing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
My confidence is in you. My hope is in you. My faith is in you. Your way is right. Whatever you're doing with this circumstance, I trust you. Whatever your purpose is in this, Lord, bring understanding. If you choose not to bring understanding, I trust you still. I hope in you. I hold to you. I hold to you and your word. I hold to you and your righteousness. I hold to you and your goodness. I hold to you who loves me unconditionally. I hold to you who cannot fail. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I'm not trying to prolong anything, but there is such a beckoning of the Spirit of the Lord right now. I'm going to open this altar to you. If you'd like to come and find a place of prayer, would you do so? I'm asking if you do, don't kneel. I'm asking you to stand. We're going to pray in faith with those that come this morning. And I'm believing the work and the word of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, we're expressing afresh our faith in you. We're expressing afresh our confidence in you. We're expressing afresh in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you have faith today, if you have faith today, where appropriate, I want you to begin to pray with some of these here. Let the Holy Ghost flow. Let there be a flow of ministry today. Come on, let there be a flow of ministry here this morning. By the Spirit and by the Word of God. We cast off doubt. We cast off fear. We cast off uncertainty. Father, we can't do it, but you can. And so therefore, we place our confidence in you. We place our confidence in you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'll not be dismissing today. When you're ready to go, you're free to go. We're going to wait on the Lord here this morning.
Hallelujah. Come on, as you're praying this morning, I'm encouraging you. You need to speak some things in faith. I think it's good to be broken. It's good to weep and allow the Spirit of God to wash over you. But you must speak the Word of God. Speak in faith. Speak in faith. Come on, speak in faith. Jesus is here. What would you ask of Him? What would you request of Him? What would you speak as He gives you words to speak? In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Feel free to continue worshiping. Like I said a while ago, we're not dismissing today. We're going to start worshiping right now. We're going to transition right into what we call the second service. You need to go. Feel free to release yourself. But we're just going to entertain the Spirit of the Lord in an atmosphere of worship as others are coming in and getting ready for the next service. We're just waiting on the Holy Ghost today. In Jesus' name, lay hold on faith. Lay hold on faith.